I want to be on the bottom. Hey. I know you do She came prepared. Inside. Why do people like leather seats in motor vehicles? I don't understand Because it. when living their like rich black ass lives is right. really beautiful mm-hmm. to see. Now, <laughs> not to say that that is something that we all need to. Sanja <laughs> has something I mean, to say. Uh, <laughs> I've been lied to. Bamboozle. Bamboo, run them up. Just say somebody. What? Black say, people can swim. Like, what? <laughs> I don't even you know eat chicken. You know you don't eat chicken. You know you don't eat chicken. You know you don't eat chicken. <laughs> That kind of capitalism is not something to aspire to, especially Absolutely. especially given the nature of cap. Like, this is the reason why we's here. Like, right. <laughs> if you're listening to this QPOC Life, a podcast that looks at the world through the lens of a queer person of color, we strive to be a safe and inclusive listening space for queer people of color. We also have a variety of views and opinions. You know we do. So please leave yours on our website website thiscupoc.life on our Facebook page or send us a tweet at thiscupoclife and help us build this QPOC community. Now, while you're at it, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. Just search This QPOC Life. And if you are feeling generous, don't forget to check out our Patreon page. You can invest in this podcast and help us continue to create quality content by and for QPOC. Come on, alliteration. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a part of This QPOC Life. What's more is that for higher donations, you can unlock special rewards like behind-the-scenes content and more. Hey, everyone! (laughs) I've been trying. Let's see. You know what? I came back from the summer trying to sing. Oh. You need Zach. No, this is this no, this room. is what we do, and we got special guests, and they're both in the music industry, and in a mighty way. First of all, this is what you do with Zach. We sing harmonies, and it just comes out of nowhere. So I'll be like, "Hey, hey. that was fast." Hey, hey, hey. I want to be on the. I want to be on the bottom. Hey, I know you. Oh, come on, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell this episode is already going it. to be good. We have two very special guests with us. Before we introduce them, you may call me Jolie. That is Joe with no E. And that is how you'll find me on Twitter, Instagram, and the rest of the internet. And my pronouns are they, them, and theirs. I'm Jonathan, a.k.a. Blasian Effie. How do I always? I'm not editing it either. I'm just not because I'm going to teach myself to get it right. Live your truth. I'm Jonathan, aka Blasian FMA, uh, everywhere on the internet, including places where you should not be looking unless you're grown. Why should uh, they ooh. not be looking? I mean, live your live my best life. Live your best life too. Mm. But um, and my pronouns are he, him, his. My name is Solomon Dorsey, and I. I'm around the internet lurking in the darkest corners as Solomon Dorsey Music on uh, Instagram. And you can find me everywhere. He's got that radio voice. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, I feel ashamed to come after that. My name is Cassandra James Kellum, and I am on the internet as Calamity. That's K-E-L-L-A-M. I-T-Y. Okay. Okay. Because the people don't know. Spell it for the kids. Spell it. Awesome. So we're all gathered here today because this is This Coupon Life.
it is it is warm in the studio it's today toasty. because they are doing some air they are renovating the air conditioning here at Brick Studios. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, I guess well, we're only I guess here it was week. broke. I Maybe guess it was. was. Maybe we just don't know. Or but it, it's good to know they are taking care of, of the space. You know, this it's, is it's, what hell feels like. They've allowed the devil inside. <laughs> It's good to know that the uh, their federal dollars are going to good use. Is that how Brick... I'm going to ask that to Elise. Speaking of which, we've never mentioned her on the podcast before, oh, but we've learned her name. So probably like 10 episodes ago, we referenced this lady with the head wrap that walks by uh, and goes into the office and is a ghost. Not to be mistaken with the gentleman in the red polo that just walked by. That just walked by. We need to show you all pictures of this because actually like on Facebook, I'll... Uh, Upload like sometimes I'll upload a picture from like over uh, over on the north side of the studio, mm-hmm. and people will be like, "Whoa, that's super legit!" But they don't know that there's like a glass wall right there. It still looks super legit. You mean you no? Know, it minus, looks no. I'm not saying the, that in a negative, but like see tubes coming out. Everywhere. We've got like supporting cast that are not even on the mic that always walk by and we reference them. This is all true. this to say that the late we we formed a relationship with Brick Miss mm-hmm. Elise she's awesome I don't know why I called her Miss Elise she's like our age it's, be, it's um, very black of you yeah I, mean, I was about to say <laughs> the respect really yeah, it's... right so uh, <laughs> yeah I don't even know where I was going with that I'm sorry well no I'm having my Starbucks she's been, she's been a fan of our of our podcast since since we started mm-hmm. since we started releasing our episodes through Brick mm. and. She's been super supportive, and she invited you and Pedro to go and, and spend time with them at Brooklyn Pride. And we got the check today. I didn't even look at what oh, the check yes. numbers were. Oh. It's in my backpack over Come there. Come on, checks. I didn't know there were checks involved. There were checks involved. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Look at, look at us rising and, and yes. moving forward. I'm sure it wasn't a big check. Oh, I know why, why I got on that. It was because you were talking about federal dollars. Mm. And so Elise ex- explained to me that the way that brick works is the cable companies pay the borough of Brooklyn to use their land to build their, um, what are those called? Towers? Towers. Okay. And so they pay it every year, like it's an annual thing, and then the city funnels that to like this free public access type Mm. stuff. And that's the story of this Cupog life. Look at capitalism being cute. Yeah. In a mighty way. Yeah. I'm kind of not mad. Because when we were walking in here, Solomon noticed that there are a lot of black and brown people that are creating Mm. uh, media here, including us. Yes. Um, people in the editing bays, just out there. <laughs> just everybody just creating. Just out there. Just out there. Everybody doing, you know. That's my go-to audition song, by Ministry. The way. Out there from uh, Hunchback. <laughs> it's too hot. I can't keep a train of thought, y'all. I'm so sorry. So, um, so to, I mean, so to get us on track, though, so we're going to, this is usually, so for, for y'all, uh, we do a uh, check-in to mm. see how is everybody doing mm. and um, if you're practicing any self-care and things oh. like that or yes. or things you're excited about. Yesterday was National oh. Self-Care Day. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It sure was. Did I do anything for National Self-Care oh, Day? Oh, I've been practicing self-care since I told I, I've been talking about this the last two episodes since I thought I was going to die in May. Like ever you since you thought you were gonna die. Oh yes, it, no, and not even like hyperbole. I literally I had to get an MRI because for seven weeks, I had been experiencing these weird like symptoms of like phasing out of not consciousness but just like paying attention. Like you know if you're sitting and you're reading a book and then you might like go into daydream mode. Yeah. Like 
instead it would be like me sitting here talking to you and then just all of a sudden like and so that would be happening is Doctor that a was, symptom of death no but i thought maybe something was wrong with my brain and oh. so i had to go oh my get my God. mri and then it was lasting for like seven weeks and so i was like jesus if i make it through this then i'm just gonna self-care for the rest of my life and so that's why i've been going on auditions and doing that stuff sorry i'm drinking my coffee i'm hijacking jojo talking about what's going on you're not hijacking anything it's your time <laughs> <laughs> but i'm glad you're doing better because i claim your time you. <laughs> all right not another second will be wasted on satan well nope all right satan get thee behind but no i've just been auditioning i so we're going into like what we're doing yeah right? go okay. for it yeah so um uh and yeah that's you know oh i wanted to do an update uh from last week or the week before when we talked about church hurt i i told you all that um i had this incident with a pastor when i was a music minister at a united methodist church in memphis mm -hmm. and uh, he pulled me aside and then he it was an ambush meeting um and you can listen to the last episode to hear about it anyway directly after that we did that on a thursday on that friday uh, I found out where he was because in the United Methodist Church, the reverends move mm -hmm. all right. over, all the time, yeah. depending every on few years. Mm -hmm. every few years. And so I found out where he was. He's somewhere in middle Tennessee. And um, I emailed him and it was uh, I remember that the email started off. I will make this concise. But then it ended up being an essay anyway. And it closed with I am thriving. Ooh. And I basically thriving. let him know that, you know, what he did to me in that moment uh, at that time was far beneath his. I, I remember saying, as a senior citizen, you should have known better, basically. And then to top it off with messiness, I didn't send it to his email. I sent it to the general church. Like, <laughs> <Baby>. <laughs> so someone in yes, administration conference. got it first. <laughs> what are the yes, district superintendents? Yeah. And the, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that Come was on. my release of that. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, how have you been, uh, JoJo? Um, I've been so it's it's been a minute, y'all. What up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been um, two months. It's been two months, and like so, like the shade is, Carlos and I recorded another episode, mm. and this is gonna this is in the backlog because I have been so busy, um, that I haven't had time to edit it. So hopefully, I can get that out to y'all. Oh, that was <laughs> with Miss Miss Gay USA, right? It sure was Miss Gay United States. Oh. Yeah. The one and only Aaliyah Martinez. Aaliyah Martinez. She won, and she's in our PAO and mm -hmm. performing arts organization. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a really, it was a really great uh, just chat. And Mary Martha was there, and we did it at Carlos's apartment. So I got to edit that all together. I haven't seen Carlos and, in like digitally or in real life. Carlos has also been real busy. Mm. Carlos is Carlos. I miss you. Um. So, uh, last time I so I've been freelancing. I'm right now. I'm uh, producing a spoken word album for a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Travis Montez, um, and we're having a great time working on it. I'm hoping we're hoping to release it in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's been it's been really great. It's been a really great challenging process for me to like go through the motions of cr crafting something from beginning to end that is a cohesive album, which is really great. Mm. Um, and that money is helping me pay the rent. Oh yeah, well. so I'm not mad about that. <laughs> and then, yes, to creative coin. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, last weekend, the a uh, cappella group, Tone Wall, that you y'all know Carlos and I are in, we uh, competed in Boston for the Varsity Vocals I New saw y'all England in that, semifinal. That yeah. luxury van yes. going up there. Child, when Tim Morrell wants. Isn't that wants, like an oxymoron? I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that went up to Ben. Start Sorry, okay. Maybe for those who don't know, but there are so some I know. very yeah, luxurious right, right. vans. When it is a van, <laughs> it is a luxury van. The Ben's right? van. Mm-hmm. Did it have the leather? The it leather had it had leather and the, seats, and you and can stand lights. up inside. Why do people like leather seats in motor vehicles? I don't understand. Because it. when the AC is good, mm. it's comfortable. Yeah. Okay. See? That's it. <laughs> because if it's not, or if it's hot in the summer, because you know, living in New, so this is a struggle you have never had to deal with because you've lived in New York all your life, and mm-hmm. you don't have your driver's license or permit, or have you had right. to use a motor vehicle. But well, I grew. My family had a car growing up. <laughs> oh, okay. So I know the I'm just saying, like, Wait, but I know the struggle. There's a long He's list like, there. Right. <laughs> I hadn't even said what it was yet. It's just so like when you have stopped, <laughs> you haven't gone anywhere. You've been on your block. No, I'm saying <laughs> that when a motor vehicle is in the sun, no, yeah, it's, it's hot a struggle to like put your hand on the steering oh, wheel. Yeah. I live in yeah. Los yeah. Angeles. Sit down in a oh. leather seat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that why I just true. wouldn't it, want it. But like, imagine New York humidity inside the car. I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> right. So no, exactly. <laughs> no, ma'am, no, is Pam. Um. So, uh, we came in second place at the semifinals. Congratulations. congratulations! Thank you very much. Yes. Congratulations, uh, Tim Morrell. Uh, mm. We uh, we placed third last year, and we placed second this year. Mm. So we we a round of applause. Improved. A round of applause. Yeah. I love you y'all so much. <laughs> that I'm giving a round. This is so well, great to the um, non-visual. Well, there is no visual aspect to this, but <laughs> in the studio day. we're giving rounds of <laughs> applause. We're clapping yes. in circles. Um, in a I'm prayer circle. So it, it was it was really great. Um, uh, Tone wall as per usual. Like we like our thing is that we don't just do a competition set. Like we we put on a show, okay. And um, when we did the the order drawing, um, our mutual friend Sean Siegerstrom, oh, uh, he went to pick the number, and when he picked seven, we were just like yes, because we yes. ended up like that was Come the on, last completion. that was the last one exactly. So <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a church podcast in disguise as a gay I podcast. Mean... <laughs> Basically, that's the I truth. Mean... Um, I mean, are they not so, and one of the same? You know that um, that's true. Like we all put go, we do the most when we get up on stage. Oh, so yes. we had all the time to put on our makeup, and by the time we hit the stage, everybody was screaming because the rest of the night was kind of sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what happens if you go first? Then y'all can't beat your faces and do all the all the stuff you need to do. We would have to beat our faces fast. Okay, so you had time, swift beat yeah. to make exactly. sure that it was it was good, the swiftest. Okay. Um, and you know, no one likes a swift beat. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, ma'am. So what about our guests? How how are y'all doing? Yeah, y'all what's feeling? new? You yeah, all... start, no, start with Solomon. Give, give Cassandra you know, some time to think about Yeah, it. let me think about these things. Okay. <laughs> um, my self-care has been... I've been on tour a lot, so I'm traveling with um, a really cool artist and... We're rolling in a bus around the country. Yes. Is it a luxury van? Uh, no, it is a luxury tour bus. <laughs> yes. the most li- uh, her name is Jenny Lewis. Oh, okay. And she's she's a fantastic singer and songwriter from 
<laughs> she's really great. She's from the, she's from Los Angeles. And um, so honestly, it's a funny thing with my life right now. I live in L.A. and when I'm in L.A., I'm working on studio sessions and writing sessions and, and gigs here and there in the city. Mm-hmm. But honestly, being tour on tour is kind of a form of self-care for me because really? uh, it's kind of an easier way you just show up you really get on the you get on the bus you know the things that you need to know i are, like that movie yeah <laughs> Sorry. you really do you know the Sorry. things that i need to know i need to know where i need to know what time my flight is mm. and once i know that it kind of goes along and so the cool thing about being on a tour bus is you wake up in the new city that you're in because uh-huh. your bed is on you have your bunk on the bus mm-hmm. and so i've been exploring different cities that i got to see all of what uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas had to offer okay. <laughs> recently, which it didn't offer much. They have but food. They, mm, uh, <laughs> they have things that resemble food. Okay. They have nourishment. Yes. <laughs> sustainability. Yeah. Um, you know. well, but what kind of sustainability? Are we talking hipster sustainability or just like not New York food sustainability? They have, you will survive. You will survive to breathe another day. Um, Wait, Fayetteville, Arkansas, that's the South. It is. The, it you is need to find the right so. people. You know, I couldn't find the right people. Um, I tried to do some hoeing, but then I got tired Wait. and it was like a whole thing. So you got on like Grinder to find something <laughs> yeah, yeah. for food. I I'm I'm no stranger. One time we it's, did a gig at Cipriani, and they locked us in the library. And what? I got <laughs> like they were like you What's can't come out gig? until after Aretha Franklin. And I was like, okay, when is that? At the end of the program at ten. It was like six in the afternoon. Ooh. I was like, okay, so just, let me get on Grinder. Aretha just like I don't want to see him. She, I don't know. She was locked on the other side of the place. Oh. Uh, but I got on Grinder and was like asking guys for hamburgers. Like, can you bring me something to see? You know, Aretha has some good food though. Mm. She probably had a whole piece. <laughs> Wherever Aretha was, that's where all the good food was. Coming down with her entourage, basically. So yeah, so tour is a form of self care because tour is a form of self care because also I get to kind of be in some other places. I live in Los Angeles and I love working in in Los Angeles, but I'm still very much a New Yorker. And so um, kind of getting to be in other places, seeing the rest of the world, seeing the rest of the country is Mm. is really a form of self-care. That's awesome. Um, I get up, and especially when I'm on tour in Europe, I go and swim as much as possible. Yes. There's all these municipal pools everywhere. You can just roll in, swim. It's easy to do. It's cheap, and it's affordable. And you get to shock white people. Black people can swim? What? What? I thought he would sink to the bottom. What Witchcraft. sort of devilment is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cassandra, how about you? Yes. Um, well, baby, you know, I'm on the Broadways. and mm. um, You need all the care you can get. Well, you know, I'm learning how to practice self-care. That's not something I really had to think about before I was doing eight shows a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, mm. when I have one day off, I'm like, geez, what am I going to do? So I've been, sleep is a big part of my self-care right, right now. Like, Full disclosure, we didn't say this at the top of the show, but Cassandra, your role in the Tony Award winning Once on This Island. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Ah. As the flute player and as ensemble as member. That's the good. Cuckoo, as the one, as the bougie mama. Right. Bougie mama. Oh, she was. She. That one. She, I love it. I see. I've seen that show three times. I'm seeing it again on Sunday. Uh, Come through repeats. Well, yeah, you I, know. 
I'm bringing. I always bring a different person because I'm like, you have to see the show. So if you're out there listening and you're coming to New York or you live in New York and you want to see a Broadway show, see once on this island because you know Broadway only gives us one every so Babe, often. Keep me well, employed. This you know, is <laughs> just please. It was first like last time it was color purple and then that went away and now we got this. Is so Motown still up? No, 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 no baby. No. Okay, bye. No. <laughs> just buy Motown. Yeah, bye. And then they gave. Um, it's like we can't have more than one at, the same, at the same time. Oh, Memphis tried happen. and Memphis, Memphis. shut down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Then there was Motown. Memphis. Then they gave Sicily and um Well there's James Don Jones, I guess Donna Summer. I mean that's a lot of blacks. There are a lot of mm. Yeah. That's there are the a lot jukebox. of negr- it's not yeah. Mm. I saw that. That was nice. But it was I don't like jukebox musicals. Because they're right. not a thing. Yeah. They're well, just oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'll take a job. Uh, <laughs> the Michael Jackson one is being auditioned it now. Is. So it so is. there's that. It <laughs> is. Jukebox yeah. musicals just have to be done right. right. Like you have you have to have a good right. story. Well, and also I feel like you have to offer people something other than what they can hear on the record. Like right. if I'm listening, I love Donna Summer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if I want to hear Donna Summer music, I'm going to listen to Donna Summer. So right. what are you going to offer me that is different? Than, I haven't seen the musical, so I'm not referencing yeah. anything specific there. What's but a I'm good saying, jukebox musical? But I hear beautiful. I haven't. I also I haven't, haven't seen, seen beautiful. That. But I hear that it's really lovely. Oh, okay. But for some reason, like no shade. Like I'm like, just curious. Well, aren't they oh. telling the story of Carol King in that musical? Maybe I need because I don't know Maybe. her. I just know her name. Yeah, and I know she's that dope. Baby, she's, the baby she's, sings, okay. and she has and written she, some natural woman. Okay, she wrote, that's Carol King. She wrote some of your favorite soul she songs. She sure has. Mm-hmm. Yes, she has. Sung by. The Blacks by Aretha exactly. with the fried chicken in the other room. <laughs> Taking off her fur coat. No. Take it, baby. Thing, at the Obama. Baby. Reaching for somebody because she yes. can't baby. get. Dodging Patti LaBelle as she reaches for her arm because she's shady as hell. Everybody love Riri, though. So doing eight shows a week. Yes. And just getting that free time to scream at people from the train or talk on Instagram stories or yeah and by you know also I will say this too like as a person who has come from freelancing like I was a musician and an adjunct professor before I was on Broadway mm. so my baby money was tight and I have really had to budget some things so now not that I'm making a whole lot of money on Broadway but it's a steady check yeah. so mm-hmm. part of self care is also like saving money and providing things from like Doing nice things for myself, yeah. taking myself out to KFC. I don't even you know eat chicken. You don't eat chicken. You don't eat chicken. Wait a second. No, I'm Stop pesca- the press. I'm pescatarian. Oh, okay. Come through pescatarian. Right. I'm one of those. Mm-hmm. I've been eating more fish. Um, but I guess we could talk a little bit <laughs> I was more. I'm going to say that. that about me, but uh, <laughs> it's another joke for another time. Anyway. <laughs> I guess we could talk a little bit more about what you just said a little (laughs) later on, because like a lot of people think that when you have a Broadway gig, like you're rolling in bank. Baby, that's what I thought. That's not (laughs) right. And that's not the case. No, I've been lied to. Bamboozled. Bamboo, run amok. Just (laughs) somebody. (laughs) Hoodwinked. The wolf. I mean, just over my eyes, baby. I don't... Yeah, no. What is Fire Island? It I mean, I mean, like I know what Fire Island is, but I mean, what is? It the... sounds oh. like my worst nightmare, to be honest. So I thought that <laughs> we're back. By the way, uh, I was. I'm, I hope you enjoyed that break. We actually had a break this time. That was fun. It was very cooling. It yes, was. 
Uh, so you asked about Fire Island because in uh, in our show notes, I was going to talk about Fire Island in my self care section, and then you said that you don't trust Fire Island. I don't. I didn't trust Fire Island until last year. Really? And then I realized that really? it, that this wonderful place had been stolen from us, the experience. Because we, you see like the Fire Island TV show, you see who goes there, you see who's talking about it, mm-hmm. you can you see who can afford it. Right. Um, and you think, oh, it's just for those people. Yeah. And then I went and I was like, oh, wait, this is great. Like, so. Yeah. Have you been, Solomon? I'm not. And it's, it's just amazing, everyone that I, everyone, honestly, like, you know, my 11, 12 years of living in New York, everyone that I knew that went to Fire Island was like very white gay or token. white gay. Yeah. Like, and fine with that. And if like, it were a black just, person, it were a token that was fine with Yeah, you. that was like fine with, and they navigate, and I'm like, get your coin, get your, do what you gotta do. Get your sugar daddy, whatever. But it just didn't feel like it was for me. Also, I, my like, oh, go, go. Do you oh, like no. the beach? Um, You know what? I'm actually ambivalent about the beach, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe that's what it's really beach. about. Like, I love, I, I love I outside, it. but like it, the sand and like, why is the water so salty? Like. No, That's I love the beach. <laughs> no. I, grew up, I grew up in San Diego, so I yeah. love the beach. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I mean, hate it. I love the beach. I actually beach. love the beach in New York. Like, I, I used to I love too. going to Reese Beach. That's the best And one. that was, like, such a vibe. And, the gays. And, yeah. Goodness. And it was, the speedos, it was really good. The boobs. Yeah. Just everything out at <laughs> Reese <laughs> Beach. Just all kinds of things out in the dunes. Like, all the things. <laughs> Like I, the things would happen. Oh, I like a boat. The crabs, the kind you eat, like at the restaurant. <laughs> that's the other crabs. Like, Wait, while while we're talking about, about confused. while yeah. we're talking about Reese Beach and Fire Island, right? You said boat, and yeah. it triggered a memory in my thing. Just this week, Beyonce. No, it was that. It was that picture of uh, Blue. Did you see that picture of Blue in the Which yacht on the yacht? I did. She's, she's drinking like me. what is Slightly that? Please. She's drinking and she's Some like sort in the of pool cocktail. of her yacht. It's like a virgin cocktail and she's with her little sunglasses. I was like, go I ahead. My friend, my friend blue. posted that picture and wrote some really beautiful words about it because she was just talking about how like, you know, like it's not you know two hundred years ago like black girls Absolutely like her were, were sold right and, exactly. and they were currency and like had no and so to like see this little girl people have all these things to say about you know people like blue and people like the the um the will smith's kids and mm. and things like that like these are weird black kids who aren't black kidding in the way that we're used to right. kids black kidding but the fact that they're around and able to exist even in this incredibly in these rich perilous and privi- times priv- in these perilous times but in this privileged way and just like be living their like rich black ass lives is right. really beautiful mm-hmm. to see now yeah. not to say that that is something that we all need to <laughs> Sanja has something I mean, to say <laughs> not to say that it's something that we all need to ex- aspire to or anything okay. like that okay. but the fact that it is <laughs> you thing. know just thinking you know Cassandra, what? Is it what? No, I'm, please. I'm, no, um, please, I'm just saying. Please, please. <laughs> it's so fun to watch her go through this thought process as well. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I understand what you are saying, yeah. and I, I, I understand the logic of that statement. The yeah. point, I think, for me is that that kind of capitalism is not something to aspire to, especially, Absolutely. especially given the nature of cap, like, this is the reason why we's here. Like, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like, in uh, ultimately, like we all suffer, but like, I, I, I am. <laughs> I, fu- I fully understand that, it. but there Keeping are, it. you know, 
I still can't help but like see that and and appreciate. I love. I mean, I love the to extreme see, opposites of what yeah. you just mentioned, like the fact that blue would have been sold. But that it's a well, possibility. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I love to see a free black kid. Yeah. Like, I love yeah, right. to see a free fucking black kid. It's also awesome to be able to be having these conversations about people of color, and when we're talking about wealth and privilege, yeah. versus like you know just looking at white folks who are wealthy. Right. Like we can look at, um, like Beyonce and Jay Z rented out the fucking Louvre, right, to do right. a music video. Like, can we talk about extravagance? But right. like the fact that we're talking about extravagance and we're talking about black extravagance and that it's working toward black excellence and extravagance right. because it right. would be a whole other thing if it were these black people doing these super grand things but then it was in the most for what it's whatever I'm doing air quotes non-black causes right, right? like if right. they were acting right. as tokens. if it were an incredibly assimilationist and like in a culturally assimilationist because it is definitely still like an economically assimilationist yeah. thing mm-hmm. but right. which is like, what I think Cassandra is, is right. And I agree. I agree. I completely agree with that. I'm trying too. not to use the word problematic because that's Oh, we like use that on here all the time. There it is. There it is. But then we can also no look matter. at someone. I just read an article about T.I. who bought out a whole bunch of property in Atlanta mm-hmm. in the neighborhood that he comes from because mm-hmm. he's trying to basically reverse gentrify. Okay. Where he's. Love that rebuilding the community that he grew up in. Like he right. bought the old restaurant because he wants to save the restaurant. He bought several apartment complexes mm-hmm. so that way he can make things affordable. T.I. is doing this? Yeah, T.I. Yeah. <laughs> well then, so this, this is... <laughs> Just the look of surprise. No, really... I'm saying, because earlier I was, when I looked at that picture of Blue and and then also in the news, Betsy DeVos, uh, something about her $40 million yacht. And I was, I didn't read the thing. I just saw that as the headline. And I was like... And then also my own personal uh, research, a building in Crown Heights costs like $1.4 million. Yeah. Mm. So like people who can afford yachts like Jay-Z and Beyonce are paying at least $40 million for the yacht mm. when they could probably buy 40 buildings in New York and re- and do what T.I. is doing. And the reason I'm surprised with T.I. is because, I mean, T.I. is famous and he's got money, but like he's not Beyonce. You don't Beyonce think of him G- as a philanthropist. Yeah. Well, not, not that I don't think of him as a philanthropist, but I, I he's not on my radar right now. And I don't think that he's like, I'm doing the really up there. I mean, he's still super popular. Yeah. yeah. Like T.I. lovers, please don't jump on me. But, but like, you're saying he's no Carters. Right. He's no the Carters. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have the same public profile that right. the Carters yeah. right. have. Right. So I'm just in my mind that there's this kind of critique going on of like, OK, well, then if T.I. is able to buy a neighborhood and reverse gentrify it. Then and if Jay Z and Beyonce are able to buy a yacht, and I know how much a yacht costs, and well, I know how much a building in New York costs, yeah, I can buy a yacht too. Like, you know, like so, it all beco- comes down to people taking responsibility. Cassandra wants to say the same thing. But you know, this is the thing about I. Oh, it's what. Oh, I love black people. You know, I love black people, but because we don't come from histories of wealth. Then when one of us gets something, oh, yes. there's so much responsibility placed right. on us to reach back and help everybody right. else up. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I I just think of that as an awesome responsibility and one obviously that a lot of white people don't have to face. Like right. absolutely, and it's really difficult to do. And I I as far as like working in in the music industry, like I have I know people that are in that those camps and stuff. There are a lot of things that the Carters do oh, that yeah. aren't 
necessarily yeah. on the radar. Right. right. Oh, yeah. kind of do Isn't stuff that in the with, Bible? Like, you're supposed to give? I mean, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like it doesn't matter Don't how bury you your give, talent. just as long oh. as you give it, you know? Yeah, like, they, they, they both do have charitable your foundations and charitable yeah. causes that they're, they're working on. So. Yeah, and it's like, it's it's a lot to, like, expect some people to be the saviors of everybody. I mean, because, like, but black people are always expected to be the saviors of everybody. Okay. Save us in the election, black right. people. Like, black women, please vote ourselves. properly like, because... You know, we can't trust won't. everybody else too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm exhausted. Uh, so, Cassandra, uh, aside from doing eight shows a week and being a Broadway star and all of this, you're also pursuing your PhD in sociology. What the fuck? Stand up <laughs> comedy. I did my research. I mean,. What uh, am I doing? And you also have a master's in theology. So, what, like, what this I is doing? choose your own adventure right now. Do you want to talk about growing up a preacher's kid or do you yeah, want to? Yeah, let's do let's, it. Let's do it. And we'll I, I work don't our even way. need to hear the other options. <laughs> If you'd like Follow to come back, you are more than welcome, gore. and we can have this be multiple conversations. You, Listen, I'm here. I'm having the best time of my life. Yes. Well, That's um, too bad. Well, we might, we might backtrack into sometimes. I don't know. Growing up That's a preacher's fine. kid, you might be reliving. Remember, this is a safe space. Whatever you want to talk about, but I'll 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 make the jumping <laughs> off point here. Having gone to church uh, in the South, mm. uh, I don't know if this is a national or international, like a worldwide thing, but we always hear that the preacher's kids are the worst ones. Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> not that's that's not my experience. I was like a really good kid. Like, okay. Too good, like goody goody. But I was, I don't know. I shouldn't say this. I mean, what I say to Solomon is a friend of mine. We've been friends. For Are you a, a preacher to Solomon? I, no, I he not. is not. Oh. But I I'm joke. I'm just an ordinary heathen. <laughs> I, <laughs> I joke lovingly with him that I was raised by a slave because my father was so. <laughs> I've met her father. I mean, I really wish there was a video coming this, so you could see my face right no, now. I mean, because it's like honestly, you I just have to look at his slave. feet and you will, you will believe me. <laughs> but if you, he, he was just so. God, I love my dad, but he was he like walking around the house like swing low. No, well, <laughs> I mean, no. But here's the thing: here, like, legitimately though, this is a wild thing. Like, growing up, we grew up in rural Pennsylvania, okay, where like all the white people were like, you know, oh lord, they they. This was some serious like I don't. I don't know. Yeah. They they didn't know that slavery ended. I don't know how they didn't get the memo, but they didn't realize that. Um, right. I mean, they didn't the get the facts. Neither, they so. didn't get it. Okay, so um, yeah, my fa- we would go to church and my they would sing these songs. I thought everybody sang, and I didn't realize until my <laughs> was like much older that like these were songs. They didn't even have anything to do with Jesus. It was just slave songs. Like, wait, what songs are you talking about? Oh uh, no, not that one. But my father, he'd be like, "This may be last time," you know. <laughs> I don't know. Or like, he would. What is this song he would sing? Um, oh my god. Have you seen the meme going around Facebook where it's like how to catch a Baptist, and it's like a killer, and then the first no. panel is like the killer is looking for someone, and then the second panel is the Baptist hiding, and then the killer says. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. And then the third one is about, <laughs> like, from around the corner. Ah. Uh, he's starting to line to him. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but my father, we would sing these songs. He was, the one I'm thinking of right now is, he'd be like, chillin' in the dark cloud, rising, let's go home. Like, what are you singing about? No mention of Jesus, God, doesn't even matter. It's just like, 
Slave. So these were just like slave work songs, <laughs> yeah. then, because it sounds like it was very rhythmic and yeah. you know. I so in another life, I'm so light skinned. You know, people don't believe me when I talk about <laughs> about my upbringing. Right. You know, like they they don't think it's possible for someone. But your slave father then was also a minister. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he instilled all of that. But you know what I also do believe, and it is true. Like people's relationships with God are. I should say this. People's models for parenting mirror their relationships with God, mm-hmm. I think. Right? So, like, mm. my father's relationship with God was like, he's going to kill you. you know? oh. like, <laughs> if you do wrong, like, he's looking, he's watching, you know? So, that's the way I was I raised. I could imagine him walking around the house. This is He preached talks yeah, like this. Yeah, he did. So, <laughs> this was the way I was Boy. raised. It was like, he thought God was the kind of parent that was always checking to make sure you was doing the right thing, you know, and would just... He was he would smite you oh <laughs> if my. you did not, and that's the. I mean, my father didn't really try to kill me. I don't think, um, oh. but he. <laughs> that was that was the model. Right. Yeah. It was that. Yeah. Okay. There was awkward silence. Okay. Um. No, no, we're just listening. <laughs> just digesting that. Digesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, your mother was a minister. Preacher? She was an evangelist growing up, and then became a minister. Oh, right, like because later. you know, back then. Yeah, they didn't do that. Wait, yeah. so what's your denomination? Well, Bapticostal. 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 It's somewhere. We're representing the Kojic over in this corner. Uh, JoJo grew up in the Brooklyn Tabernacle. I sure did. Uh, Wait, we don't say that on the podcast? Do we say that? I've said it on the podcast. Okay, then I don't have to edit that. Praise the Lord. Yeah. (laughs) Solomon is just out of the Bible. Mm, I mean, I did grow up going to United Methodist Church, but it was the bougie. Oddly, yeah, it was it was bougie, and it was oddly. And what I've what I've come to realize in, in talking to other black friends who grew up going to church, incredibly progressive. Like I grew up, you know, in the eighties and nineties and my black ash church had like a an AIDS ministry and there were like mm. gay people. Wow. In, That's amazing. Yeah, there were like gay people in leadership roles and Wait, and it was did you say where you grew up? In Kansas City, Missouri. Right, Kansas City, Missouri. Like it, That's double wow. amazing. That it is was, amazing. I, I'm, you know, I'm constantly. They're doing it the right way. By, by it. And I think, you know, my mother, my mother's from the West Coast. My mother grew up in Portland. And I think she just wanted a place that was black and that was church, but wasn't on the was bullshit. Was progressive. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't until, it really wasn't until I got to high school. I remember going to uh, church with my grandmother in Portland and she went to one of those big crazy uh, white mega churches because mm. she lived in the outskirts of, of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I remember it was when they were kind of voting on gay marriage and mm. this um, minister, <laughs> there was a video and... Um, was it of you? It was of you. Of you. <laughs> of you. Of you. And it wasn't of me. <laughs> oh. It was, but there was this video that they showed because they were trying to, you know, get people to vote a certain way. Oh. And it was so weird. They had like couples that would be walking, holding hands, and then the screen would get like dark and like, <laughs> like, 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 here come the church ministry got yeah. creative with After Effects. It, they really, they were like, ooh. Thunder and lightning. <laughs> yeah. The gay couple. They had two. It was insane. <laughs> and then, and then I remember the priest, the preacher had a real hefty case that they like can't preaches but he like was telling about he was like you know I had this neighbor and they were 
they were some they were friendly, but you know they were homosexuals and oh. and um, homosexuals. You know, he was like homosexuals. He was like they were they were nice enough, but you know if you talk to them about certain things, they would get real angry. Which I was like, you probably were trying to proselytize right. and be weird, right. and they were pray not for their damned that. souls. Right. Yeah, and he was and Ugh. and and it was l- literally as meandering as I'm telling it right now. And he said and he was like, yeah, you know, and but they were all right, but you know they would get upset. And then they died in a fire. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Um, well, I will say that my experience with United Methodist was very different. That was not, that was not a United Methodist church. No, right. You grew yeah, up in a United Methodist I, church. Right. Where I grew up, was it was cool. And they even, you know, my mom being, you know, black mom. And my mom is, is not a, you know, she's not like a ridiculously liberal person. I think she's just reasonable. Yeah. Um, so I had lots of queer role models as kids like her you know um we lived in an apartment building when i was very young and our neighbors across the hall were dick and daryl and they were a couple cliff no sorry first it was clifford and and dick and then it became dick and daryl oh so he he Um, saw a whole life happening okay dick was dick was a white man he loved black men um but you know (laughs) <laughs> that was as it was. And, uh, I mean, they were all, they were family. Like, I would stay with them, like, when my mom was, like, running errands. And your and mom, like that. so, like, this sounds bad, but, because I have a similar story, and I'll just ask. So your mom trusted, I'm doing air quotes, trusted yeah. you with them. <laughs> yeah, One time, we had, my dad, I don't know why, whether we were on hard times or whatever, but my dad, when I moved in with him at nine, uh, brought in, I forgot his name, but... In hindsight, he was gay, mm-hmm. um, a roommate. So, like, we had a three-bedroom house, and he would take the one one of the bedrooms, and then his boyfriend would come over yeah. and whatever. And my dad never said anything about it, um, and I was way too ob- – I'm an oblivious person all the time. But I specifically remember one time I left a note with my dad telling uh, him after school that I went to the mall with those two. Like, they took me yeah. to the mall. Mm. Next thing I know, at the mall, my dad is like around the mall, like looking for me. And we run in. I'm like, hey. And he's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. What's wrong? And it wasn't until years later that I re- realized, like, A, the guy was gay. And then B, oh, that's why my dad showed yeah, up. He at was the mall. like, right, oh, right, right. Yeah. You're going to infect him. Right. Yeah, no, it was really not a th- I would hang out with him all the time. Um, there was a, I actually just was remembering about another friend that was clearly gay. Of my mom's this artist in town named Tony Hancock, and I would study, I would study sculpture with him in the summer and go to his studio and and hang out. And he had the most incredible collection of black and African art in his mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and growing up in Kansas City, you probably didn't see it a lot. And then Portland, my mom Oregon. made it happen. Oh, my mom created a black ass life yeah. <laughs> for me, That's which amazing. is weird because she wasn't from there. She moved there when she was maybe six months pregnant with me and just mm. kind of mm. set it up. It was yeah. I wish. Because I wish. Yeah. You mentioned your. <laughs> yeah. I wish, baby. I mean, yeah. um, they, my parents were not having it. Okay, tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean. Again, they were very conservative people. Right. I remember I had a friend growing up. His name was Nick. And he identified as a gay vampire. I don't know. <laughs> how okay. he identified himself. And That's in double order, strike against the church. <laughs> I mean, so, and I, this was like real rural Pennsylvania. So impressive. in order. <laughs> That's impressive. It's impressive. So like, I had to yeah, one up you there. That. I just, um. But in order to see him, my parents forbade it, of course. And so I had to drive Did he tell onto the them? lawnmower. 
Huh? You drove on a lot. Of, hold on. Wait a second. Keep a whole going. lot just happened right now. A whole lot just happened in the last 1.5 seconds. You have to drive Brian. somewhere on a lawnmower. So I to had to visit your gay loud. vampire friend. But it's loud. The lo- it's, so you're not sneaking. No. Sneaking out on a lawnmower. <laughs> I feel like this is a Netflix special waiting this is, to happen. This is a drunk, <laughs> drunk storyteller. Like, so we take her audio, but then we reenact yeah, it. That's it. Oh so I started the thing. I was like, Rawr. Yeah, but okay, so, so you're on the lawnmower. <laughs> and then what happened was and you're bringing him in sacks of blood. No, yeah, but um, yeah, they forbade it, and it wasn't really until like, of course, I always I didn't know that I was queer until I went to college and had to like go through my own stuff mm-hmm. figuring it out. Um, but when I was in grad school, I went to like this theological school. I went to Drew. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was the first time in my life I met Christian people who were really invested in being progressive. Yeah. I had never experienced that before. Wow. So they were like, oh, well, I know you were all, you know, talking all this Father God stuff, but we don't use that language here. Wow. So it's inclusive language for humankind. It's inclusive language for God. So if you say, you know, Mother God or Father God, rather, you must also say Mother God. You may refer to God as it. You may refer to God as whatever, but not just male. Mm, Incorrect. You do not say we are all brothers here. And that's no. That was the first time I had ever experienced that in my life. Oh, and I was like, wow. you know, y'all make me kind of want to like God. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, I maybe could kind of get with God. <laughs> I, I that was the first time I had experienced that, too, being around that. Because I was also involved in that community, and it was really cool. It's beautiful. I've I've never had that experience personally. You can go out to Drew. I've just been around people that always refer. Sponsored by. (laughs) (laughs) Drew University, Madison, New Jersey. Right. I mean, Drew, if you want to hit us up, you got our email. Send people. We have a a faith-based episode (laughs) planned. Always working. Uh, no, but no, like only in the past, I'd say one or two years, as I've hung up, gravitated, or had more of an affinity with church people in New York. Because moving here, I got away from all that. I had mm-hmm. come out of that job with the United Methodist Church mm-hmm. as a minister of music and all that. So, mm-hmm. I, But now as I'm moving, p- pendulum is swinging back towards maybe spirituality, not religion. I've been around, involved with these circles of people, including very notable preachers, young, uh, you know, preachers here in the city mm-hmm. and have been at dinner tables listening to conversation and like by default they'll just refer to god as she or the mm-hmm. holy spirit as she or you but know. i mean that is actually biblical holy spirit she, yeah but. no i i i i've known that yeah like hey. the father the the father son and the holy spirit but for some reason we all know why misogyny right they kind of wrote out like right. holy spirit being female right at all right huh. period right well, you know, it's just so interesting because, like, you know, like, I grew up, like, I was basically born at Brooklyn Tabernacle and dedicated at that church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't finish college, but when I was there, I took a an Old Testament Bible course. And that's where my eyes started to open about what the Bible is actually saying. And, mm. like, um, I had, like, I had a Methodist minister who was the uh, professor of that class. And... Just like when you start looking at the Bible through the lens of academia Absolutely. versus like what you're being taught is right and wrong. Um, like when you take the doctrine out of it, yeah. it's really interesting. Like like the, the Bible verses that are talking about like, you know, 
homosexuality is a sin are actually Bible verses referencing um, shrine prostitution. And people were trying to like get around shrine prostitution um, by having sex with the men at these shrines to a god that was not God. Mm. Um, but like that Bible, ref- that Bible reference is actually saying, hey, you know, that's still a sin too because you're worshiping a, a god that isn't me, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So, right. like, you know, just like that little piece of like my eyes opening, I was like, right. oh. And even if you didn't huh. know that much, it's also that those particular Leviticus <laughs> scriptures that people always cite at the parade on billboards or cardboard signs, like, are juxtaposed to a whole list of things that you also cannot Baby. do. Right. Like polyester, like shrimp and pork and getting haircuts. And I'm like, Baby. girl, so are we all going to hell? And like, yeah. why aren't you preaching about that? Right. Yeah. I always want to be like, check your polyester shorts, baby. Right, Check exactly. Them. But Check also, just stop lying. Mix- I mean, that's lying. in there too. Right. Just like, you know, yeah. that's... Why are you always lying? lying? Why, Why you, you got to lie? <laughs> and I know, I know you, I know you, you following Kim Kardashian all over your Instagram. Yeah. That's idolatry. Oh, you're pointing to an imaginary person. <laughs> I'm imaginary. Over okay. imaginary people. Like, I don't know her. But yeah, we I were taught sure a hermeneutic of suspicion. Mm. I love. Ooh, didn't that sound Ooh. sexy? It did, and I don't even Ooh. know what you just said. Hermeneutic. <laughs> hermeneutic of suspicion. Yeah. But you approach the text with it. questions, so yeah. not not necessarily looking at the text like it's going to tell you something but that's but so asking, threatening to people right but asking questions of it who wrote this in what context was mm-hmm. it written for mm-hmm. whom yes mm-hmm. like these are important questions to ask and so whenever you're approaching any document i think it's important to ask but especially the bible because people it's so open invest to interpretation in, yeah of course yeah. so to wrap up this portion, i can't believe we're talking so much this about portion the bible. Of the, <laughs> no i mean it happens it you know because hashtag church hurt but um uh, this is going to be a deep and hard question, but to Ooh, close that, this, wait a minute. This, that sounded very <laughs> biblical. Biblical. Yeah, Take it how you mean it. Take together. it how you mean it. Not on, on our, our knees, knees, baby. <laughs> Not on the knees. Not on the knees. So, do black people need to be subscribed to Christianity? No. No. Yeah, you know, listen. Oh, I'm sorry. That, I know. Normally, I'm much more reserved yeah. in, my, in my answering questions. Know. But it's hot. But it's, it's hot. hot. No, I mean, there are there are a lot of reasons not to be. I'm not I'm not trying to tell anybody who is a Christian that they should not be a Christian. You believe what you believe. You're convicted by what you are, you know, convicted by. Whatever resonates with you resonates with you. It doesn't need to, though. There are certainly a lot of reasons not to be a Christian. Like the legacy of slavery is one good freaking reason. Yep. <laughs> but there's also a long legacy of black. And African-American humanism and agnosticism, which is not something that black people tend to talk about very much. Even, okay, I don't want to go on a rant here, but I think even some of the spirituals are really critical of Christianity. There are a lot of ways to read them. And there are some scholars, like there was this guy, Anthony Penn, I was kind of obsessed with him when I was at Drew. Um, But he wrote a whole book on African-American humanism. Like there's a reason maybe why some of the spirituals, they what is that one? Which one? Uh, well, right. So um, I got a robe. You got a robe. I got a robe. When I get to heaven, gonna put on my robe and shout, "Oh Lord, God's him, him, him." Everybody, Everybody talking, talking about, about heaven, heaven ain't, ain't going, going there. there. Like I don't. This oh. is not really about heaven. I'm saying like, hello, white mother. 
you keep telling me right. that there is this thing called heaven that I'm supposed to really Oh, the like, mockery invest. of the right, white but master. You're clearly not yeah, like, But right. I yes. am telling you, you ain't going there. That's what I'm telling you. This is not an investment in Christianity necessarily. It could this be is... read that way. But it is more a critique of your Christianity and the power that you are using to make me docile yeah. in my Christian conviction. Like, and you yeah. know, it's so funny that like through history. Wait a minute. That's a, hold on. I got convicted myself. I said, oh. I see an aura. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Tongues of fire. So I actually have a, a quick question to throw out there. Do you feel like if some branch of African mythic tradition were taught with the same sort of vigor that Greek mythology gets taught, that we that the black community would be having a different conversation about spirituality. Do you think to are you, do you mean to the broader <clears throat> population or do you mean specifically to black well, like, black people? I think well, maybe I do mean to the broader population, but specifically to black people. Like I just remember in school, like Greek mythology was basically a month of study. Yeah. Right. Wow. And like if if black if black mythic traditions were taught with that same sort of dedication right. what would we see but I don't think it. yeah I don't think that could ever be you know it's like Greek mythology that's mythology and what Negroes have done in Africa and other places that's magic right. you know that's not like <laughs> right. that's and magic it's, and, and it's then, it's so I'm sorry no to, please to interrupt, but it's so we're taught that everything that involves our like traditional African spiritualities are of the devil right. and are of Satan but if it I'm ain't funny. God, why right. Jesus? Right. Then I don't want it in my house. Um, yeah. Because yeah, as for me and my house, that's exactly. what we follow the Lord. <laughs> the Lord. With a T. The Lord. The Lord. Lord. And you yeah. know, the most that they ever gave us, if we're going to talk about Greek mythology, is to be the muses in Disney's Hercules. <laughs> and that was that was thanks to Disney. Well, that you know, was Disney's doing. I don't mean to bring this to Once on this Island. I can't believe I'm going Let's to make go this there. connection. Let's go there. Ah, That's a beautiful uh, thing. Uh, wait, hold on. I'm playing the, my little... You're playing the transition <laughs> chords. She's <laughs> got a... <laughs> the organ <laughs> is going... Modulation. Rotate. The Leslie is twirling. Ah, but this is the <laughs> first time that I that I have a visual of, like... These in, black mythological... In, right. Loa. Like, here yeah. you go. There, there are black gods and goddesses. Here you are for... You know, we can talk about the white gaze. We can talk, I mean, G A Z E. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> like, where are we Let going? Let me be clear. Well, it's Broadway, so they're involved. About, <laughs> we can talk about the optics and we can talk about yeah. the white gaze. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time a lot of people are seeing black divinity. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful mm -hmm. and important thing. I hope that people that are watching once on this island, they'll understand that that's what they're looking at and that they don't think, oh, the music is like The Little Mermaid and I'm having a really fun time. And yay, that was a good musical. But then, like, don't look further into the fact that these are black gods. But, right. but never underestimate the power of a basic Becky. Because Becky Child, is basic might, AF. Be, be, Becky might try to then get an Atlanta Falcons jersey and a picnic table thing and go on <laughs> Halloween as. Um, I'm surprised no uh, one. Which has, one is Alex? Um, uh, Asaka. Asaka. I'm surprised no one has picked up the phone to call to call on Alex Newell playing Asaka 
in the I, middle I'm of I'm just the saying show. you're saying be careful about Becky and them. They'll appropriate. <laughs> Not like, Becky and them. Becky and them. <laughs> Not Becky, Becky and them. They're, they're going to appropriate once on this island, and then they're going to have some Becky. other thing. But did you know what's amazing to me is that when I go to the stage door and I meet little children who have done once on this island, they're always white, white children. Yep. My introduction to once on this they're island always was white Ryan, children. The, our, our director in the uh, PAO, and he told me about the history of how once on this island you, I'd, I'd never heard of Once on This Island until the revival. Yeah. And then um, uh, uh, one of my friends that is a theater major, like got his uh, BFA or MFA, whatever. Um, MFA, in, and he's going to get another one. And another one. Um, <laughs> Come through, told education. Me, he told me <laughs> about how loans. like uh, Once on This Island was super black and it was like really great. But then- it got it was like so popular that they had to make an edited version that didn't have the blackness in it. So they took lines like "They despise us because of our blackness" and turned the whole story into oh, story rich versus class? poor. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's they what despise us because of our poorness. Really? Yep. But you know, it's like such an intra-communal conversation that's being had in the in the story. It's yeah. like. There is colorism. Like oh, black yes. people know what right. colorism is. Like yeah. we know, yes, of course, there are issues of class and colorism and colonization. But those are not conversations that most white people are accustomed to having. Right. Like, right. you mean racism? Like, oh, it's not racism exactly. It's colorism. Like, yeah. yes, is, it is informed it, by. Yeah. It is like, of course, right. related to. But and and you know, as many as much as many dollars as I have spent. On doll once hairs. on this island to take people. How to many go dollars? To, so many. <laughs> How um, many doll hairs? Uh, you know, <laughs> I one of my friends who is a PhD in history. He was like, the production was great, the talent is amazing, but I don't know if I can recommend this to my colleagues because the story is super problematic. In that, okay. it's a dark-skinned girl chasing after a light-skinned boy. And it doesn't speak to self-worth. It doesn't speak to self-confidence. And I'm like, I get that. And I've seen I've seen posts by Broadway people on Facebook and stuff and refuting this. And there's a lot of discussion going on there. Right. I will say that I see both sides. But and the side that I like, or at least one of the explanations that I saw was that the story tells us to be good people in this life. Like, no spoilers if you haven't seen it, because I don't want to say it, but like... I mean, she dies. I mean, yeah. that's... <laughs> so be good I in mean, this life know, like... so that your future, the future can be better, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but I there mean, are those immediate so issues ooh, of... That's okay. How do you so, feel? Ooh, uh, I mean, uh, and also, we might have to edit here because are, would you get in trouble no, for... No, no, I don't, I don't think I'll get in trouble. I'm about to take... You just a, can't sing I'm songs. Good. I can't sing songs. I, yeah, From I can't the sing show. songs. Sure. You cannot, right? right? I don't know. Um, <laughs> what I do know is this. Um, I think what happens in our like contemporary cultural context is that people think just because a narrative is, I'm using air quotes, problematic, that it's one that doesn't need to be told. Oh, yeah. Okay. There are a lot of narratives that are problematic. But then there's room for conversation around them. Let's Carousel. talk about Let's talk about why this narrative has some... Issues. What what issues does it raise about colorism or about a girl's dreams or what she can become as a woman, as a black woman? What? Why can't we have a conversation about that? At the end of this show, the thing I love about the way that it was directed is that that tree that she I don't, I don't want to give too much away. I, oh, it's whatever. beautiful. Like, okay, but the, she becomes a tree. She dies. I mean, I'm not giving. She dies, and she becomes a tree. But in this production. The tree is this totem pole that gets resurrected or re-erected 
um, erected. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yes. know, whatever. It's a totem pole. And on that totem pole are pictures of people, uh, loved ones from people in the cast who have died. They mm. are our loved ones. And so she doesn't just become a tree. She becomes this symbol of community. She becomes something sacred, holy. She becomes divine. And I think that part matters as well. It's not just that she dies right. and she lives forever. Like, be good in this life and treat people right even if they're racist or colorist. And No. It's like, yes, you sacrificed. Um, there aren't a lot of stories about black women sacrificing for community and those women becoming the symbol of community itself. Set it you know, off like and... it's not like there aren't a whole lot of Jesuses that are black women. Right. You know? Yeah. It's true. Even though but, they are, are but they're every day. That's yeah. it. But that is everyday. the everyday life. So it's like in that way, I think once on this island is saying something that is important. Like that sacrifice is not necessarily something to laud, but it is real. That it's, black it's women sacrifice happens. every day for mm-hmm. the sake of community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they yeah. do do that. We do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you. Mm-hmm. Wait. Ain't you a black woman? Ain't, and ain't I a woman? Yes, a black true. woman. And it's that time, everyone. Yes. Oh. Well, we hope to that we're back on a, a regular schedule here, at least by September. Yes. We'll yes. come back. So you know, it's summertime. Everyone's living. Zach their best is. Life. I didn't mention Zach has been doing some great things. Zach is doing amazing work uh, and releasing some great stuff. I I, I don't. Th- we never say his employer, but his employer has just released a whole new. Facebook uh, watch. You know, they're doing their own creative they're, they're content. They're doing a lot. And in collaboration with Zach's particular company. So shout out to you, Zach. We know you're busy. Carlos got a new job. Uh, but soon we'll all be back together. Cassandra. Hey! Uh, love to have you, baby. baby. We're making you right now an honorary member. Baby. So. And I got your phone number and you live Come in on. Harlem. That's so. Oh, wait. We <laughs> no, don't, it's good. It's good. No. <laughs> no, that's good. It's good. They don't know where. I don't know my block. That's good. <laughs> and Solomon, you can come back too, you know. Uh, we, can, we can Skype you in whenever you want. My name is, you may call me Jolie. That is Joe with no E. That is how I you will it. find me all over the internet, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm mostly on Instagram nowadays. Uh, so come through and follow me. Mm. Uh, I'm Jonathan, Thank a.k.a. Blasian FMA, everywhere on the internet, including places that you shouldn't be looking unless you're grown. Find me. I prefer Instagram, and it's really fun out I'm there. I'm searching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Solomon Dorsey, and I'm searching. Uh, um, I am Solomon I Dorsey Music on Instagram <laughs> and Solomon Dorsey on the other things. He sounds so sexy. I just don't want to come after that. I'm Cassandra James Kellum, and you can find me, especially on Instagram, as Calamity, K-E-L-L-A-M-I-T-Y. Have you seen... Uh, <laughs> you're just, you're just <laughs> so blown away by how good uh, both of them are. <laughs> all the time. And it's just, like, professional. It's fun. Like, we're... we're <laughs> and this was... <laughs> this cute <laughs> pop this was just a great episode. <laughs> it was you really so much. fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. I'm glad.